Welcome to the Companion Briefing Podcast. This week, commencing May 17th, we're going to discuss the release of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, talk about some of the content you might have missed on the Companion, as well as tease what we've got coming this week and much more. I'm your host, Tommy Terry Green, and I'm joined, as always, by our editor, James Hoare. Hi, James. Hello, Tommy. What the heck is up, yo? <laughs> it's been a bit of a slow news week, but uh, I, think, I think we've got something to talk about anyway. I, I like that you just styled that out. <laughs> just... Last week in Sci-Fi News, there wasn't really a lot going on, to be honest. There was like a few clips and trailers at the MTV Movie Awards, if you uh, if you want to go there. But to be honest, the main thing I really want to talk about is the Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder film that's been released in theatres domestically with like a limited run. I mean, we're in a pandemic, but also I think Netflix just like to keep it limited anyway. But it's coming out on Netflix May 21st. It's coming very, very soon. And yeah, it's getting some buzz. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. It just looks absolutely ridiculous. And it's just really nice to see Zack Snyder kind of going back to his roots. The Dawn of the Dead was incredible. and That holds up really well still. And, you know, just watching the trailer for The Army of the Dead, and you get those gorgeous kind of crane shots of this sea of zombies and oh, takes me right back to that shopping mall. It does look like that sort of wonderfully bonkers kind of film that, that they're starting to make a bit of a comeback, but they've been gone for a while with everything being like the dark gritty version of X, Y or Z. So it's, it's nice to see that we're just having a bit of fun again. I think I think we probably need it, but this is it looks really, really good. It's kind of all come at the end of this Warner Brothers versus... Zack Snyder thing that's been going on for a little while apparently where I believe this film was originally coming out in was originally started development in 2007 uh, with Warner Brothers and Universal I think maybe and then it's just sort of sat in development hell for years Uh, so that would have been right after 300 and then he went on to make I guess Watchmen Man of Steel and all the other films in that time in the DC verse with Warner Brothers so yeah it's interesting that Netflix picked this up and they're going really big on it as well. They've they've already shot a prequel film. They've already started production on a anime series. The, they're going all in on the army of universe, which I'm calling it instead of the of the dead universe. Because I think that's, yeah, that's obviously a, a good move. And we were just discussing earlier because I, I came into this just assuming the army of the dead was part of the existing of the dead verse. But then there isn't really an Off the Dead universe anyway. There's just a lot of films with Off the Dead or Off the Living Dead in the title that don't really have that much of a connection to each other. So I don't think it matters either way. But I'm so excited for this. Don't get me wrong, from what we've seen in the trailer, it doesn't look like you're really seeing anything new. We've kind of seen variations on all of those kind of themes and those tropes before, even the visuals. It's like some of the later Resident Evil films. Train to, to Busan was obviously fantastic. There's a little bit of a hint of that as well, especially the sequel. But, you know, it just looks ridiculous. It just looks like so much fun. And it's okay for films to just be a lot of fun. I'm wondering how much it's going to play on those tropes as well, because it did seem to lean quite heavily on them in the trailers. So I'm wondering how much it's going to just subvert all our expectations. And I think the thing I'm most excited for is Dave Bautista's first like major starring role, because I think of all the wrestlers that have gone on to acting... Uh, of which there have been many. People obviously always talk about The Rock and, you know, Dwayne Johnson kind of plays the same role in everything. He's kind of just doing The Rock and it's obviously worked out massively for him. He's probably the biggest movie star on the planet at the moment. But 
Dave Batista's always chosen some really interesting roles. I mean, at the start of Blade Runner 2049, he really dives into this performance. And I think he's really a student of the craft and I think he's really taking it seriously. So I'm really glad he's got his, his first major starring role. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Man with the, uh, was it Man with the Iron Fists? That was a, a great load of nonsense fun. And I know that was very much generic former wrestler, former MMA star in a film kind of film, but it was wonderful and I really, really enjoyed it. He's just so incredibly charismatic and I think he has that in common with, with Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, yeah, completely. So what do you think of this whole franchise thing then, that they're turning it into a franchise? I'm, I'm sure if they're talking about a prequel and an anime series already, I'm sure they're already thinking about a sequel as well. I don't know. It feels like the, the rules have completely changed. Like, I don't know what kind of qualifies a successful film anymore because we no longer judge it based on, you know, we can't realistically judge it based on its takings. We can't realistically judge it based on critical acclaim. Like, what what is it that has made this successful or, or appealing in the eyes of Netflix? Where, where are they taking this? What's their kind of, their measure of, of its worth? I think there's something really interesting going on there. And yeah, I'm really, really interested to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I think Zack Snyder's built up a, huge cult following after the whole Snyder Cut, Snyderverse situation. I think it's about to sort of hit critical mass and I think we'll see how that turns out with something that's not in the DC world because you've got a very heavy sort of tribal fandom with like Marvel DC stuff. So I'm interested to see how that translates outside of the DC world. Uh, yeah, maybe it'll just chill them out because it's not a battle between like, I'm, I'm always really baffled by the extent to which people treat superheroes as if they're rival sports teams as opposed to being you know more like corporate mascots like nobody's shouting on the internet about the, the values of the colonel versus ronald mcdonald are they but for some reason people are you know willing to die for the snyderverse and i think kind of maybe removing them from that culture a little bit it might be um, just a nicer thing for everyone Either that, or it'll just unleash them on society without constraint, <laughs> <laughs> and the and the world depicted in uh, Army of the Dead is a warning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last week on the companion, we was riding on the tails of the amazing Amanda Tapping event that we had just over a week ago now. So for any of the content that people might have missed, James, what what, what can they still go back to the companion to check out? Well, the main thing really was our news story about discussions that Amanda had had with the Stargate series co-creator Brad Wright about potentially returning to the series on both sides of the camera as um, Sam Carter and as also director. It was all a kind of testing the water hypothetical type conversation, but a lot of the usual suspects ran with that and took it to all the usual places, which is to be expected. But still, it was you know, it's pretty cool to think of. And I, I've got so much more faith in a, a new Stargate series if I felt like Amanda Tapping was was kind of steering as well as being steered. Yeah, for sure. And I think what was so good about the event itself is that that was like a huge part of it and really exciting, but that was still like 10% of the whole thing. And the other 90% is just was so uplifting and inspiring. And you created some nice quote assets for that, that people could share around on social if they liked yeah i created a series of um social assets based around just some of those kind of proper uplifting out of your seat fist in the air 
type statements that came out of it. And it was pretty much wall to wall, those statements. Like if you were looking for inspiration or motivation or just a reason to, to have any kind of hope in a, a seemingly hopeless world, then Amanda Tapping served that up. And there's a, one of them where she's talking about trans inclusivity in reference to Madeleine Fort Salem and the casting of a, a non-binary character. And she says, if you don't see trans characters on screen, how do you know that, that you're okay? You see that character on screen and you go, I'm represented, I belong, I exist. And that got a lovely, crazy number of likes and retweets the first time around. And we, we gave it a bump today for the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Interphobia and Transphobia. And it's just, just doing it again. It's such a rallying cry. And I think we as a community are so lucky to have Amanda Tapping to kind of be our, our guiding star. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We also had a release of a, another article that came out on Sunday, didn't we, James? Yes, we had a Ben Fox interview with James Lafazanos, who played an absolute ton of different wraith in Stargate Atlantis. So that was last week, but what about next week? Well, this week, I should say, we've got, we've got more to come. Oh, yes. And on the subject of ridiculousness, we have another piece from Ben Falk coming out tomorrow, and that is examining in depth the fan theory that Star Wars and Stargate share a universe. I will not be drawn on discussing that in any more detail because it's just too silly, but I, I think people are going to really enjoy it and get a, a massive kick out of it. I can't wait. I feel like it's playing to the hands of the unknowing mums that think Star Wars, Star Trek and Stargate are all the same thing anyway, because they all share the first, same first word. I mean, that's such a triggering moment for me. We should have had a a content warning on this. I, I traditionally, as a young person, obviously I know better now and I've come a long way. It's my road to Damascus. I hated Star Trek. Hated it with a passion. I was a Doctor Who kind of guy, Doctor Who, Star Wars. No, thank you, Star Trek get in the bin now my mum could not tell the difference between any of his things and she like got me william shatner's autobiography for christmas like one of those weird pyramid shaped next gen mugs i've got like next gen on video like all sorts of star trek stuff so there we go that is that's got me right in the right in the heart that one tommy but you've you've since become a bit more of a trekkie haven't you yeah as, I, as i've gotten older I think it's been osmosis more than anything else because Star Trek was always on at the same time on, I think, a Tuesday on BBC Two. So it would always be like Voyager or DS9 or Next Gen and I've just absorbed so much of it that I'm sort of a, a, a trekker by proxy, by osmosis. Obviously, I love Picard. I love Discovery. I love singing the theme tune from Enterprise. <laughs> also coming this week, we've, we're, uh, we're debuting a new podcast format called lost in transmission where we will actually give listeners a chance to hear some of the full interviews from various pieces of content so sometimes it'll be maybe we'll have a journalist interviewing talent for you know x y or z written piece and then we'll you know release the full recording of that interview the first episode is actually going to be a cut down of amanda's event so if you're not a member of the companion yet you'll be able to hear at least some of it so we're looking forward to that coming out on Thursday. And James, we also have another Stargate piece coming at the weekend. Uh, yes, we do. This is going to be another Sam Carter-centric deep dive, which 
much like the, the, the piece I wrote on Singularity a couple of weeks ago is entirely off the back of one of our reader submissions to the greatest Sam Carter inspiring moment poll that we ran way before the Amanda Tapping event. So, I mean, that's all the confirmation you need, really. Like, we do care what you think. We do care what you want to see. Like, seriously, tell us what you want to read. And odds are we'll go away and create it because we love you. We love you. Yeah, and just to echo that, if you if you ever have any questions about the companion content or anything else for that matter, you can send them through to Tommy at thecompanion.app. Um, and that's it for this week. James, unless you've got anything else to add? I certainly do not. But have we had any feedback yet? Because I can only take that as consent to continue very much along the same lines. Yeah, the only way we're ever going to stop is if you tell us to. So Yeah, yeah definitely. Please signal your approval by not communicating with us. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.